Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. What is up? How's it going today? This is Josh Snyder, and uh, I got Mr. Talon Arts here in the studio with me. Say what up. T-A-L-O-N. All right. He's excited <laughs> to be here. And we're rolling out with uh, the first episode like this. And maybe maybe if I uh, decide to air it a little later on, maybe it won't be the first episode. But just so you know, this is the very first recording, aside from the test recording that I did with Bold Believer back uh, like a year and a half, two years ago now. And uh, we're actually going to put some put some feet to this and roll with it. And so today we're going to be discussing a, a pretty relevant topic to uh, to the today's culture and, and things that are going on today. And I think it'll be uh, an encouragement to you and your faith. And so if you stick around for a few, um, let me know what you think below. Give us a rating if you like the content and want to hear more of it and want to help support us. Um, that's always appreciated as we get this thing up and rolling. The Bold Believer Podcast, episode two, Not uh, if you include the test episode as episode one. So anyway, before we get into that, let me uh, let me step back here and let me tell you a little bit about uh, myself and uh, let Mr. Uh, Talon Art say a few words here real quick as well. Um, if you don't know me, if you're not one of my friends that are checking this out or my grandma who wants to hear what her grandson is doing, um, I am Josh Schneider, born and raised in Lewistown, Montana, big sky country. I've I've always had kind of a small town feel to me. I, I don't really like big city life. I like outdoors. I like, you know, the stereotypical hunting and fishing and stuff like that, but I really enjoy music. I'm, my long-term goal is to be an independent music artist who does uh, music for for the kingdom, and uh, that is working its way one step at a time. And we're actually making a large move here, October 1st of 2021. I, again, I don't know when this is exactly going to air, so maybe it'll have already happened when I put this out, or maybe not. But October 1st of 2021, the Snyder clan and uh, my drummer, part of uh, JSM, Josh Snyder Music, is uh, we're uprooting and moving to Georgia. So it's quite a large move. Long story short, maybe I'll tell the story sometime here. God's called us there and we are excited for what's next, some new things coming. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'll, I'll get into maybe my testimony stuff on, on future shows and stuff like that. But uh, let me, uh, let's me let turn over here to Talon. Talon, who are you? What do you like doing? What do you do? What has God called you to do at this time in your life? All right. Well, as you guys know, my name is Talon and uh, I'm 20 years old right now. It's 2021. And I've been uh, just seeking the Lord with all my heart. I was born again in 2019 of November. The Lord has really put a burden on my heart for the lost to to preach the word. Because in the Bible it says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Word of God yeah. So uh, right now I'm just working at a, a store, Albertsons, here in Loosetown. And uh, just managing the dairy. And, and then whenever I have a t- time available, I... I like to preach the gospel on the streets whenever I can fit that in, and yeah. Well, tell me, what what is your uh, standard street preach session look like? What what do you like diving into? What do you like focusing on? Well, Christ crucified, because that's that's the gospel. Paul said, if anyone preaches any other gospel, then that person should be accursed. That yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't twist the scriptures. And what I focus on is repentance, forgiveness of sin, and the love of God. Because 
And the Bible says that every man has fallen short of the glory of God, yeah. which is we've all sinned. But God, being rich in grace and mercy and love, he sent his son to die for us. And uh, I feel like God is rising up a church body right now. He's beginning to mold and create believers that are on fire for him who want to spread his word. And of course, this has happened through all the generations. There's always been a remnant of people who have done it. And I believe... God right now is specifically waking up the world to the deception that Satan has brought into our world through politics or Hollywood or anything yeah. entertainment. But yeah, that's that's crazy. And now that you brought that up, that that kind of ties us back into what we want to speak on. There's so much in the culture and in the world today, so much bombardment of of everything that's that's evil, and it's been so normalized that um, Hollywood, you know, like Hollywood since since movies became caught fire and became a thing. I'm not dissing movies, but I'm dissing the culture that comes behind um, many movies. The culture, the, the normality of sin, the normality of, of evil portrayed by people who are just acting. Even if they don't act like that in real life, many people um, will, will get up on the screen, or I should say many people will watch people on the screen and think that that's what life's supposed to be like. We get our cues for love on the screen. We get our cues for, for God on the screen. We get our cues for for sex and marriage and for for friendship and all that coming from a screen. And, and we expect our generation not to be affected. And um, so the, the topic today I'd like to discuss, and if you know you listener want to want to dive into it with us, please, please hang on for a few. We've got some points, some things from Scripture. I always want to tie back what we dis- speak on and discuss into Scripture and see how, how, does it, how is it relevant to today's world, what's going on today that maybe Scripture predicted. We're going to get into some prophecy in future episodes. But essentially today we're going to be getting into the idea and the question, who's your focus? Because we're all focusing on something, just like we all serve something. We all, from in our day-to-day lives, no matter what we're called to do as Christians, have our focus on something. And, and ultimately it should be God. And if we all were asked, hey, who's your focus? As a Christian, the canned answer might be God, but that doesn't mean that it always reflects that in our lives. And so today we're going to go through some passages of Scripture and, and really pull out some, some, some meaty issues that I, I hope will be an encouragement and an inspiration to you. Um, so if you have a Bible handy or want to follow along with us whenever we pull out the Scripture, please feel free to do so. Just to cross-reference, make sure we're speaking truth and things like that. We're going to be reading from the book of Numbers first and foremost. There's a few other passages we'll, we'll, we'll dive into or check out in passing. But the book of Numbers has a really awesome story that I think comes back to this idea and question, um, what are you focusing on? Because ultimately, when focused on God's will, we are going to see many things. We're going to be a part of many things. We're going to... Our life's going to be different, and so uh, I, I want to talk a bit about that and the difference between focusing on God's will and, and our own will and how we might be able to discern some of those things. And so hang on. We're, we're going to jump into the question and ask the question, who's your focus? Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, 17 through 20, 21, and then we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to jump down to a few other verses and, and bring out some points as we go along here to keep us uh, on track. So, uh, Talon, why don't you read uh, verse, verse 17 and, and forward. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, 
whether there, there be wood therein or not. And be, be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was a time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. Good job. Some people come up on those words and they're like, uh, chew. But what my dad said, and I, I think it's a pretty good thing, you know, when you come up to words like that and you don't know how to pronounce them, he said just pronounce it any way you want to, and as long as you got the idea, uh, uh, just keep moving, it's right. I mean, don't overthink it. <laughs> There's some weird names, weird words in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they had some weird kid names too. I don't know what they did. Did they sneeze or something? And there's like, yeah, that's your name. <laughs> you know, um, but okay, there's a lot there and we're going to get into a little bit more, but I want to point out in passing, there's a f- point number one, when, when asked the question, who's your focus, understand that when focused on God's will, we are going to see blessing. These people were told to go in and spy out a land that God would ultimately give them. God was telling them, I'm going to give it to you. You're going to walk in. Yeah, there's going to be opposition. Yeah, there's going to be people in the way. Yeah, there's going to be pagan idols and things. You're going to have to rip out of that land, but it, it's yours for the taking go in moses moses commanded them to go into this land to spy it out and he something i didn't, don't want us to miss and many times maybe if you read this you wouldn't think much of it he said bring of the first fruits or bring of the ripe grapes bring some of the things that are good he said be of good courage take courage so ultimately even though they were told to go in and spy out to essentially find out and and discover who their enemy was going to be and forge a battle plan, he wanted them to focus on, on, on the positive things that were to, to come of this venture, the things that God was actually leading them to, the land flowing with milk and honey. As you see the, the bumps and runs in the children of Israel, you start to understand and really comprehend the patience and the grace of God. Even, even when he had to, to, to punish the children of Israel, it was nowhere near what ultimately was justly deserved. And, um, so sadly, they didn't go in and take everything that they should have took. And there's a reason why they didn't. We're going to tie back to that. So understand when we focus on God, when we're focused on his will, what he designed us to do, who he designed us to be, we are going to see blessing. When they would, If they would have went in and focused ultimately on God's will, they would have all come back with a good report instead of 10, out of, or 10 out of 12 of them coming back with an evil report. So we're going to go on and see um, what, what, uh, what ultimately happened here. And understand that there are conditions to this blessing that they that they were supposed to see. The conditions being they're focusing on what God had for them and the end results. You know that's how life is, right? Like think about it. What is life often? What is this? What is this battle? What is this Christian walk often compared to in Scripture? I run this race that is set yeah, before race. us, yeah. and ultimately. As you're running this race, it's going to be hard. I remember running a three mile, uh, did a three mile run uh, about a month ago, and it's not very far for some of you. But in the middle of it, I'm like, man, I just want to walk. And we can get that way in our walks with Christ. But we run this race for the joy set before us, just like Christ did, enduring persecution at times, enduring chastisement, enduring death even unto death. You know, to live as Christ and to die as gain. But when focused on God, we're going to see blessing. And so the, our focus needs to be on God. For us to see that blessing, the focus needs to be on God. And where do you get the idea? How do you find out whether it's of God? Go back to the manual, the instruction manual. It's called the Bible. <laughs> uh, could you read uh, Numbers uh, chapter 13, I think, verse 26, 25, 26, something like that? 
Which one is it? Uh, 25, 25 through 27. Go ahead. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. I stopped right there because that's ultimately what they were supposed to go in and see. The potential, the blank canvas, even though it wasn't blank, the, the idea that even though there was opposition, there was blessing there. God's will was there. And ultimately, we go on to see a few things. And we're going to read on here. Um, the second point I want us to focus on, um, after you know, understanding that when we focus on God and His will, we're going to see blessing. But next, we need to also understand on the other end of that, when focused on our will or our flesh, we are going to see merely struggle. We see this all through Scripture, namely in this passage as well, as we continue to read here in verse, verses uh, 28 and 29, just a couple of verses in passing of some, some things that were said. Verse 28 and 29, Numbers 13. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They had a list. They had a long list. Ultimately, when they come back, they're supposed to just see the potential and the things that God has given them, even though they had to war, even though there was some struggle ahead. They only focused, and primarily focused rather, on the struggle. They said, but there are giants in the land. God called them to do something. And ultimately, let me, let me encourage you, if you're on the other end and you're hearing this, if God is calling you to do something, if it's not, you know, if, it's, if you're sure it's God's voice, you know, compare scripture to scripture, find that, make sure it's backed by scripture. But if God is calling you to do something and it doesn't feel good, don't listen to the opposition. Don't focus on the struggle. Yeah, there's going to be struggle. Yeah, there's going to be hardships. But for the glory set before us, run that race. Run it out. Follow on into God's will. There's a, there's a story that most of us know in, in the New Testament. I'm not, I, don't, I don't have the passage in front of me right now, but it ties into this very well. Peter was called out of the boat. And also, I should say more directly, Peter asked to come out of the boat during a storm on the Sea of Galilee. What, did, what was Jesus' reply to Peter when he, said, when he asked if he could come out? He said, come. But also, I just want to add this. Like, Notice how he, it wasn't that Peter just walked out and he just walked to walk. No, he asked God and God said, come. It was by Ooh, the yeah. word of yeah. God that he was able to do it because God said he could. Yeah, he didn't just dive out of the boat. And, you know, he, that's, a good, that's, that's, that's awesome. I never actually thought about that. He made sure that it was God's will that he step out of the boat. That, that's awesome. And when it was, you know, very clear, you know, so clear. I mean, Jesus was standing right there. You can't get much clearer than that. But um, again, come back to the idea. If God's calling you out of the boat, step out of the boat. Peter steps out of the boat. He walks a little bit. He does some miraculous things. And, and to his credit, none of the other disciples did. They didn't step out of the boat. They stood there and gawked at him and probably feared when, when they saw the next thing that happened, which was when he saw, when Peter saw the winds and the seas. What happened, Tom? What went on to happen? A bunch of fear flooded his heart, and then he ended up sinking. And then right before he sunk, he said, Lord, help, help. And then Jesus grabbed him with his hand, and he saved him. Yep. And he said, ye of little faith. Or, or, why did you doubt? Why did yep. you doubt? Why yep. did you doubt? Yep. He knew God's will. 
And ultimately, stepping out of that, just as we all should, should know that God will take care of the variables, the storm, the things that are coming our way. So his focus should have been on God, and it was. It was on Christ for a while, and then he saw the storm, and that became his focus. That, I mean, that's, that's life. That's every single day. I, we'll, we'll do a, maybe a podcast episode in the future about your mind, but ultimately, all through Scripture, we see the encouragement and the, the, the decree that we are supposed to keep our minds renewed and focused on God. And if we don't renew that mind, if we don't take our mind or our inner man or our inner woman and let that be renewed in Christ, we are going to fail. We are going to focus on the wrong things and start running the race for the wrong reasons and start doing things against God's will and hindering the work of the kingdom in our own lives. So when focused on our flesh and our will, we see, we will only see merely struggle, just like the people that were called into this new land ultimately saw. 10 out of 12 of these men that went to spy out the land, aside from Joshua and Caleb, saw opposition and stirred up fear in everybody else, the thousands if not millions of other people who stood there desiring to walk on in God's will. I can think of one guy who could, could have ultimately complained justly about everything that was done to him, and his name was Christ. And he walked through it without opening his mouth, the scripture says, laid his life down like a sheep to the slaughter for us. Yeah, that's the amazing truth of the gospel. Another truth that, that's always stuck with me, I heard this preacher say, the source of every problem you have, the source of every form of disobedience you have towards God, that very source of that problem no matter what it is, is your lack of intimacy with Christ. Hmm. So when we're not being intimate with Christ, focused, what's the yeah. yeah? What's the opposite of that? Well, we're 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 being intimate with the world, and we're leaving behind that intimacy. And then that's when the the problems start to flood in. That's when the struggles flood yeah. in. Yeah. But when you seek Him, you come to Him. You put your faith and trust in Him. You walk a daily relationship with God. Then things start to flood in because. He's in control. And it says, if you focus yeah. on him and trust in him, he will set your path straight. Yeah. He's a light into our feet and a lamp to our paths, or vice versa. A lamp into our feet and a light into our paths. Like, he will direct. You know, the cool part about the lamp unto your feet, it's not like a, he was a, he's a spotlight showing you everything that you need to know about everything around you. He's giving you the light and the grace for today. Mm-hmm. That light to illuminate the path just in front of you. And he'll always do that. That's, that's pretty amazing. Here's the next point that we find here in this story. Um, if you could read Numbers chapter uh, 13, verse 30, real quick for me. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Hmm. My parents named me Joshua Caleb. Based uh, on these two men, the two men that did not step out in fear when they came back with the report, Caleb just spoke in the verse that we just heard read. And Joshua was along with him. But other than him, Caleb and, and Joshua, and Moses essentially, I mean, it doesn't. Re- there's no other person in this passage that it says stepped out and spoke out in faith to go and possess this land. When focused on God's will, we will be among the minority in the world. The third point that I want, I want to drive home, when focused on God's will, we will always be among the minority in this world. Because this world is not our home. This, is, this world, is not, God is not the God of this world. He is sovereign, he is all-ruling, he is all-knowing, he is in control ultimately. But based on the sin nature and what has happened to this world and the broken condition we are in, God is not the God of this world, so we are going to be among the minority. 
And just like Matthew chapter 7, it says, Broad and wide is the way which leads to destruction. Yeah. And many there be that many. fall into yeah. it. But narrow and straight is the way which leads to life. Ooh. And very few there be that find it. And if we just look at broad and easy is the way which leads to destruction, what, is, what does that path look like? It's, it's easy. People are doing what they want. They are, they're not warring. They're not running the race. They're just yeah. walking. They're doing their own thing. And they're not pursuing what is holy, what is true. Yeah. And uh, that's why that path is called broad and, and wide and easy. And many there be that fall into it because yeah. it is easy. Yeah. It's all, it's, in many ways, it's, it's automatic. It's instinct because of our exactly. sin nature. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, when, when focused on God's will, we will be among the minority in the world. The fourth point I want to drive home here, and we'll read a little bit more scripture if you got that in front of you, Talon. Numbers chapter 13, verse 31 through 33. And then we're going to go to the next chapter, and there's a few verses there as well. So 31 through 33. But before he reads that, understand that when focused on our will, we will bring others down with us. I said this in passing. I want to point it out in Scripture and kind of drive it as we, uh, as we move forward here. Go ahead and read Numbers chapter 13, verse 31 through 33, please. But the men that went up with them said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they, have, which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. Mm -hmm. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Mm -hmm. Notice, they're, they're saying a lot. I, mean, I understand, again... You can come back. There's nothing wrong with coming back and stating facts, but they're they're blowing this up. They're saying the fact that yeah, there's a, there's opposition, and then they are tagging that fact with big words like we're like grasshoppers in their sight because you know that, that they're not actually like grasshoppers. They're exaggerating to try to drive home this point that this area is is not good. And uh, if you go on and read verses. Uh, 1 through 3 in chapter 14, if you hop over to the next chapter real quick. 1 through 3, we see the response from the people. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Mm. Or would God we had died in, the wil in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? Mm, were it not better to return to Egypt, huh? Oh, man, there's so much there. But when focused on God, we will bring others down with us. We see this very plainly and clearly here. They brought millions or thousands, thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people down with their evil report. Ten guys. Ten guys. And they focused on the evil and the struggle and the hardship and not on what God had told them to go in and take and the good that would come of this this uh, this charge from God directly. And notice like when God, he promised them this land. And, and so Caleb, he stood up in faith saying, let's go possess the land. So it wasn't like Israel was walking by faith or they didn't have the promise already given. No, the promise was given. Yeah. And Caleb was the one who had the faith in the promise. Yeah. And their others did not. Joshua did. So our actions, great or small, have an effect on so much. Many times I find that when we are down and or letting anger and negative emotion lead, we feel like we need to bring everybody else down around us. I mean, you walk in, that's why somebody says you're a party pooper. 
Like you feel like you need to go in and take down this atmosphere. We, we try to bring other people's down to our level, so to speak, and to get an agreement from them to feel more legitimate and justified in our sin, even when it's clearly against the word of God and the Holy Spirit's leading. So let me ask you this, and we'll move to the next point real quick. Are you in a place right now where you are bringing others down or away from what God would have them do? And back up to you and yourself. Are you in a place where God is using you and can use you? Are you being usable? Are you being a vessel to glorify God or to bring shame to his name? Like when David committed the sin with Bathsheba, prophet Nathan looked at him and said, you've given the people at the bar something to laugh about and to mock God because of your actions. The next point, fifth point, when focused on our will, we will return to the bondage in Egypt in many ways and desire slavery over freedom in Christ. Not literally Egypt, but spiritual Egypt. All through scripture, Egypt is rep- represents the world, the flesh, and the devil. It is a picture out of Egypt have I called my son. There's prophecies bringing people out of Egypt. Ultimately, Jesus came out of Egypt to fulfill that prophecy once and for all when he was a boy. But, but moving on, when we focus on our will, we're going to desire evil, no matter how well our intentions are. As Christians and children of God, I believe we are sealed unto the day of redemption. I believe we are eternally secure in Christ when, when we accept what he did on the cross as payment for our sins like we are secure in Christ. But as many of us know, there are and have been times in our lives that we may mentally, physically, and or emotionally desire to return to Egypt. And I was just going to say, notice they were in Egypt as slaves, and then they were taken out by God through Moses. But notice, if we're looking at it spiritually, Egypt was a place where we were at spiritually before we came to Christ. So if you are now saved, you are born again, you're a Christian, you're following Christ, you're picking up your own cross and denying yourself. Notice, every person's Egypt may be different, yeah. but that Egypt to us can look so good at times. It can look mm. so familiar, so such a desire to go back to what it used to be in our life. Whatever it may be, even though it may look good, it may look easier, there is a a greater light, and that is Christ Jesus and his reward for you, which is himself forever in in the kingdom of God. Mm. And and that ties well back to coming back to this final point. When focused on God's will, we are more than conquerors and can do all that God has given us to do. Like, that's everything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. We go from a place of nothing without me ye can do nothing as jesus said to all things and when i say nothing within context nothing of value nothing of eternal value everything else is going to burn up if it's not for eternity it's just going to burn up that doesn't mean that doesn't mean god doesn't want us to eat and to sleep and all that stuff but but ultimately if we're not doing it for the kingdom it's going to it's going to wither away just like that brings back john chapter 15 christ is the vine we are the branches if you do not abide in the vine you are nothing and you are thrown into the fire and you're burned up. You can't produce anything. Christ is the sustenance of life in us. Yeah. Yeah. And if we aren't connected to him, if we aren't working through the spirit of God, if we aren't relying on him, then our works are nothing but filthy rags and they yeah. will be burnt up as nothing. Yeah. And someday we see in the scripture as well, along the same lines, that all of our works, just just like if you're if you have an area that's not abiding in the vine, 
they're going to burn up. Like God, the Bible says that someday the, your works will be tried, whether it be wood, hay, or stubble, which means anything that's temporary, anything that you did for the here and now, anything that was just uh, carnal, all of that's going to burn up. And anything that's left over will be because, that was because you abided in, in Christ. Anything that's left over is the gold, silver, precious metals. That's your reward. Everything else is going to burn. So Amen. understand that. If God is for us, who can be against us? And as Christians, the chains are broken from our soul. Those chains are broken. And so often, though we walk as if we desire that bondage over our freedom in Christ, and even at times believe the lie that we cannot win. Remember, our feelings, our emotions, and even our heart can be completely deceiving and opposite to God. But when, we, when our focus is on God and, and what he says and who he says we are in Christ, we need not fear. Ever. So I want to drive that home. When focused on God's will, we are more than conquerors. You are more than a conqueror if you are of the family of God. If you have come to a point where, where Christ is your Lord because you accepted what he did on the cross, you are more than a conqueror. Those chains are broken. But when your focus is lost, when your focus is not on God, it can be very easy to slip back into thinking Egypt, the carnal things that we once lived for. That then floods in the guilt, the shame, the condemnation of yeah. the devil in your mind. Oh, you can't come back. You you turned away from me. Whatever it may be will flood your mind. Mm. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's when you know that Christ, we are saved by gr grace through faith alone. Yep. We are saved by that. And when we confess our sins unto God, or when we stumble, when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. High priest, amen. In closing here, and we'll, we'll wrap this up real, real nicely. Here's a little story I heard. Um, it's a, from the book Booker T. Washington wrote called Up From Slavery. He describes the scenes among the blacks on the night of the proclamation of their freedom. And I can imagine that. There was no sleep that night, he says. All was excitement and expectancy. Early in the morning, we were all sent for. The proclamation was read, and we were told that we were free. We were free men. We were free women for the first time in our lives and could go wherever we pleased. There was great rejoicing, followed by a wild scenes of ecstasy, but he goes on to say that the wild rejoicing did not last long, because by the time the colored people had returned to their cabins, there was a marked change in their feelings. The great responsibility of being free seemed to take possession of them. It was very much like suddenly turning a youth of 10 or 12 into the world to provide for himself. Within a few minutes, the wild rejoicing ceased and the feeling of deep gloom seemed to pervade the slave quarters. Now that they were liberated, they found possession of freedom to be much more serious business than they had anticipated. This is serious business. Our walk with Christ is serious business. This is our Father's business, after all. So let us work on trusting and relying every single day and focusing and intentionally refocusing and renewing our mind on God's will. Who's your focus? Who's your focus? I want to thank, thank uh, Talon again for hanging out with me on this uh, second episode that we've recorded here. I, I hope we've given you something of sustenance. And uh, Talon, do you have any closing words, anything else that you'd like to say? I was just thinking, just this came to my mind just now, but so if we say there's a prisoner or a slave and uh, he's he's got a chain around his hand and he can't leave, his master's got him chained. 
that man in his mind might have a free will to where he can think whatever he wants to think in his mind. But ultimately, this man is a slave. Yeah. And when we look at ourselves without Christ, we are a slave to sin. That although we may be able to make a free will decision in our mind, without Christ and without that victory, we will always go back to sin. We will be a slave to that yeah. sin. Yeah. And Christ and through him and his blood is the only way we can overcome that sin to be free of that. Yeah, unlock. Yes. Unlock the chains. Amen. Amen. And he did on the cross and he offers it freely. Now, if you're on the other end here and you don't know what that means and you feel that that, uh, you want to be, you want to be a part of God's family and have that forgiveness and freedom in Christ, I want to challenge you right now. Understand that you are a sinner as we all are. We all are like, I'm not pointing fingers and talking down to you. I'm talking across to you. We are all sinners and we've fallen short of God's glory. We have done wrong things in the sight of God and man. And, and ultimately, there's wages that are due for that someday. And that, that penalty for us will be death. And not just physical death, but spiritual death. Separation from God and anything that is good and holy. Outer darkness yeah. for an eternity. A place called hell, Scripture says. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about hell in, in future episodes. But if you haven't come to the point where you've accepted what Christ did on the cross, that, for, that payment that we could not pay, like he died the death that we deserved. The sin of the world was on his shoulders the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his wounds, by his wounds we are healed. Maybe this sounds foreign to you, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe you understand what Christ did on the cross is for you, but you haven't made that personal. Bring it from your head to your heart. I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but I, I do want you to know that grace is sufficient, and it's free, and it's freely given. And if you haven't accepted what he did on the cross for you, and, and renounced the, the old you, and repented of that sin... Um, giving it to God, step back, giving it to God, and let Him move in as the Holy Spirit and to work on you. You can do that right now. Say a prayer, something along the lines of, God, I know I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. I've fallen short of your glory. But I know that you paid the price for my sin, and I, I want to accept that payment for all the wrong that I've ever done and all the wrong that I ever will do. And and I ask you to, to move into my, my life and to be my Lord and to be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray something along those lines, then mean it with your heart. Mean it with who you are. Don't just say some words because Josh Snyder said it or because Talon Arndt said it. But mean it with who you are. The Bible says you are sealed unto the day of redemption. This is how you can know you're saved. Because you believed on the one named Jesus who died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and salvation is still freely given and relevant today as it was then. Thank you for joining us for Bold Believer number two, episode number two. I hope you'll come back next time. Leave us a rating. Drop some thoughts, some comments, some feedback. Share it with a friend if you think it would be relevant, if you think this episode and some thoughts in here would be helpful and encouraging to somebody else. I appreciate your time. You guys have a great day. And if you have a moment, check out Josh Schneider Music on all platforms You'll find a song that's very relevant to the podcast episode that we've, we've uh, spoke on today called Chains. It comes back to the idea that we are free in Christ. As believers, as Christians, we're free in Christ. And so every day, let's cast off the illusion or the idea that we want to go back to bondage. Trust in God. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.